This is the Human Node Podcast. Human Node is the first crypto biometric network where one human is equal to one node. Learn how you can become a human node at humannode.io. Hey, Jim. Hey, Devin. Here you are. How are you doing? I'm doing okay. How are things in that side of the world? It's hot here, Jim. I envy you. It's no, no, it's not in the literal sense, you know. Oh, in that sense, figuratively speaking, yes. (laughs) Quite a hot region. It is, yes. Hopefully things won't get too hot down there. Yeah. I hope everyone is safe, at least from a human node community. And well, if either of you guys listening to this have any connection to this, uh, I hope your uh, friends or relatives are uh, safe. So um, today we're talking about biometric slashing mechanism. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> you know, Shannon, it's it might be the thing where uh, human nose idea originated, you know, because before because talking about, in, in, yeah, because in a sense before talking about um, biometric, you know, slashing mechanism and how it works, we should probably talk about um, why is biometric blacklisting a thing and um, how it would affect if, you know, um, some systems were, were built with identity and networks that have incorporated um, some kind of biometric blacklisting. Um, can, 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 can you think can about you? any uh, examples of biometric blacklisting that already exists? I mean, what can you think of? Biometric blacklisting that already exists. Um, I mean, well, um, I, I, I mean, I, I guess you know. Um, go for a more traditional one, you know, if you've committed a crime and your fingerprints are in the database and <laughs> your fingerprints come out as a uh, somebody who has committed a crime, I guess, in a sense, you're blacklisted. Yeah, there's the most common um, biometric black- blacklisting, I think, that exists in the world. But um, um, the question is really um, how how can a system be built on um, laws that incorporate biometric uh, blacklisting if um, there are basically artifacts, you know, we call artifacts the things that can emulate um, some biometric template, like a a silicon mask that tries to imitate your face. So basically, um, if we're living in in, in a place where we can uh, artificially create um, artifacts, that can like be, for example, fingerprints that are not yours, Shannon. I I could like take your fingerprints and in, incriminate you by um, artificially the, adding them to my murder weapon or something, right? Hmm. So yeah. So um, biometric blacklisting in a in a place where um, biometric identities can be artificially procreated um, does make a lot of sense to me. And uh, and uh, um, uh, the ways try, people try to emulate biometric uh, templates to try and you know 
bypass the security of various services is a very like uh, disruptive scientific field on its own because people really come up with a very uh, thorough ways of trying to emulate uh, human existence so the question of biometric blacklisting really only applies to the networks that have um, proper civil resistance because in a sense this is the uh, you know starting point where being biometrically blacklisted kind of really matters because um, well some services or you know things that you're using in life are connected to um, your biometrics and well uh, in a sense limiting yourself you know and uh, your ways to authorize yourself in a um, you know the world of developing interfaces is a uh, very hard punishment uh, and um, and um, in a sense in a sense the importance arises when we definitely know for sure that if we biometrically uh, blacklist a person he definitely will not be able to uh, sign anything or reauthorize himself to a service without the system or you know some people uh, knowing that you know this is the same person because this that's his biometrics that we have already detected before something like this and i mean, yeah, you know, and what's, I mean your, what's your take on it well i mean i i firmly believe that there are uh different levels uh for example if we're talking about uh validators for a network if um uh, and your biometrics are the stake if you uh mess with the system or try to fabricate things then uh yes uh you know your stake is your biometrics so that is something that um should be blacklisted and you, you don't want people uh coming in messing up the systems but, you know if you're talking about uh biometrics for um let's say uh social media or uh, perhaps a game um i don't know if we um have to be as severe or you know i i, I wouldn't um how, how should i put it i i basically set it up so that we have uh, uh, different tiers, <laughs> so um, you don't necessarily need everything to be tied together, I guess. Well, you know, I was referring to uh, biometric blacklisting without, uh, you know, um, disconnected from the decentralized aspect because, um, you know, a lot of even companies or services out there were would definitely like to know that, for example, if they had a brought some like, malicious actor using their service and, you know, for example, marketplaces, um, you could identify the same person if he, he tried to register himself again after you have banned him from the, you know, the website, the website yeah. or yeah. any other service or application. So, um, yeah, it's disconnected from decentralization as a whole because um, biometric blacklisting in, in uh, a decentralized manner on, you know, uh, 
network owned by nodes that are equal in terms of validation, it's a completely different type of you know approach to um, forming the system because it has no center to verify it. Well, I mean, with um, uh, biometric blacklisting possible, um, it allows, um, for example, it allows various uh, services to emerge uh, that can focus around, let's say, you know, uh, I don't know, like, you know, credit service or uh, basically uh, trying to see, you know, if, if this person is a reliable person or he, this person is uh, always messed up, always uh, commits heinous acts. So, yeah, I mean, it, the stake is definitely higher um, be, for people who uh, consciously want to uh, make trouble, but it makes uh, the environment a lot safer for uh, people who are not necessarily malicious actors. So, and for me, I'm, I'm for it. <laughs> and that, what, what is your take on it? So talking about biometric selection mechanism, right? Um, it's a mechanism that um, tries to identify some malicious activity on the network that goes to counter, you know, some, you know, principles on which the system is based, um, you know. And um, well, basically the system has to identify uh, some, you know, persecution and uh, it has to, uh, blacklist the biometric template of a person who was uh, identified as a malicious actor, basically. But the thing is that um, because of the private trusted computation and the way we're trying to, um, uh, you know, pseudonymize uh, biometric identities here, um, we don't really know who the perpetrator is, but the, the system has uh, grasped his biometric template. so. If he tries to enroll once more, um, he won't be able to get in because his biometric template would uh, uh, be different. Or, you know, you can always <laughs> probably create a new face for yourself, go through plastic uh, surgery or something like this. But the shape and the uniqueness of the skin uh, are also a part of the module which is used by the neural network to identify it, whether you're a human being or not. So probability is very, very, very low. And uh, uh, there are some recent developments in, uh, you know, search and matching operations for uh, biometric uh, templates of faces and um, the latest works done by FaceTech and their tests, uh, tests that they've run on various data sets. It's amazing. Um, then, but you know, can't disclose it as of now. <laughs> so um, basically you're not uh, allowed to use or uh, basically uh, sign anything on the network um, for some time based on the, you know, level of the persecution. So uh, it is uh, important to also mention that um, uh, there are some persecutions that, um, work on various levels like for example 
if a person is just having some downtime, right? Because uptime is very important for the proper functioning of uh, blockchain networks and nodes should be uh, properly synced with one another. And um, yeah, um, we're, we're thinking of um, um, building the system that way. So it punishes you uh, biometrically for downtimes of your node. And um, in the initial, um, so white paper, we have declared that uh, it is going to be up to two weeks of uh, biometric slashing. But it does not mean that uh, the person is, um, you know, somehow um, kicked out of consensus or he loses his validator right or something else. No, he's just not able to uh, sign blocks for uh, like 14 days or so, and then he's perfectly fine. Um, but his funds are not locked out or something, nothing like this happens. But for, you know, more uh, devious persecutions and, you know, um, some uh, fraudulent, fraudulent activity, there's like, you know, heavier penalty. Uh, it can be, you know, up to 20 years of biometric blacklisting for the system or something like this, or in like a lifetime blacklisting, of course. So, um, yeah. And what I'm trying to say here is that as there's, there's a DAO that defines um, the black, uh, you know, biometric slashing system, and this DAO consists of equal human nodes with equal voting power and validation power, then it means the, uh, that this slashing mechanism is in the hands of the people that you know govern the system and it's you know, their right to choose you know various levels of perpetration and uh, choose you know penalty can be adjusted so it's not something that is like hard coded into the system because it's not uh, it's not just some percentage of you know uh, of your stake uh, like slashing mechanisms and proof of stake it's not just you know blacklisting your mining equipment or something like this it's it's a completely different approach, and uh, the penalty uh, is me measured in in uh, time, and basically the amount of um, commission nodes will receive for um, valuing a transaction. That was lost. That was lost. The fact that um, during this time, no, was not validating blocks. Okay, so just just to clarify here, okay. Um, obviously you know um right here we're talking about uh biometric slashing for uh validators for for people who are for human nodes uh or human nodes um and not necessarily the uh slashing of let's say just a user who uses a wallet or something correct or are we talking about uh, all users on the human node network? Because, you know, obviously uh, an average user might not necessarily be running a node. So, you know, uh, would there be different sets of uh, rules uh, or uh, different sets of, uh, how should I put it, um, requirements for somebody to be blacklisted? But you're talking about, uh, can you hear me? Can so, you hear me? So, so basically, um, yeah, 
when we're talking about uh, blacklisting here, we're talking about um, those who are the human nodes who have participated in our running nodes, correct? In this case, yes, but you were referring to uh, other types of solutions for centralized. For, centralized. No, for, for, for example, yeah, I mean, it, it could be that, but um, let's say just uh, people who are, uh, let's say, are not governors or uh, those who are not running nodes, yes. Yes, so um, the very... Um, the very way we create like pseudonymous biometric identities is can be disconnected from you know the consensus and uh, what we're willing to do is to create a framework where any um, any you know project can incorporate into their infrastructure and use it as a pseudonymous identity layer on decentralized nodes or something like this but even the centralized services can take the technology and use it for their internal uh, things. And for them, uh, biometric slashing is just, uh, you know, it's the question of setting the things up inside their own processes. So it's not something, we're designing it for humanoid because it's a system that is, you know, has its own principles and they built based on those principles, the biometric slashing mechanism is formed and not the other way around yeah and um, i actually wanted to um, talk about the biggest debate that is uh, uh, is it ever ongoing about this question in the humanoid team and community is the um basically the question of uh, a locked out biometric mechanism or uh, a biometric mechanism where um, penalties and blacklisted human notes can be uh, somehow uh, reverted to whitelist through human vote. And uh, yeah, uh, there are a lot of opinions about this. And it's basically an issue of trust uh, and the issue of concentration of power. Um, one side is basically that uh, there should be no mechanism in the systems that allows to revert nodes if they have been penalized by strict um, set of, uh, you know, proper calculations and uh, rules. So it's not like we, we, we see that you're a malicious actor through your code and, yeah, well, we've like listed you or the, the, this oracle properly shows your downtime. Sorry, pal, you're going to the breakfast. Um, and uh, uh, it's really keen on uh, the fact that uh, the system of biometric uh, slashing is separate from the human behavior because there's like, uh, a, of course, there's like a DAO that um, defines the rules, but there's no mechanism to unpenalize the penalized. And well, uh, of course, uh, you, you can say there's like a lot of, uh, you know, um, circumstances where ordinary people that did nothing wrong can be penalized, right? And uh, there should be a mechanism that allows uh, to bring them back through some democratic vote. And that's actually like the second side and the second viewpoint. Um, basically, there should be some kind of mechanism 
that allows to uh, bring people from the you know uh, the penalty and relieve them of this penalty and uh, get them back through some voting. And um, if there is like a governing body, and uh, in this governing body there is like a dominant um, force that can like use its uh, popularity to uh, just make over the stance of various groups in this community or the governing body that it can utilize this mechanism to uh, to its own advantage because it can unpenalize those actors of the community that are on its side and you know a tribalism and stuff like this so um this is actually the question that i wanted to ask our listeners today and um, i'm wondering if you guys uh what guys what is your opinion basically and um if you could could you please you know type in the chat one or like two one representing the first idea and uh the two representing the second idea it would be great to see what you think and what side are you on chen um <clears throat> Uh, I've always been on the side that says uh, if it's if the blacklisting happened due to an error in the code, we should be able to revert it. But uh, that's yeah, that's about it. Because <laughs> I mean, we don't have a. Uh, it's not like we have a justice system here. It's not like we have. Um, uh, a court where you have lawyers and attorneys and people saying that oh well you know we should be able to um yeah i learned my lesson i should be able to be unbanned you know so so you I, say that it's it's like court audit verification problem yeah so i mean if it is basically something that was caused by a fault in our system then uh, it would be nice to have a way to flip the switch. Um, but if it is uh, based on uh, human action or inaction, um, I don't necessarily think we have the mechanism to uh, revert it. Because if we're trying to validate the code and we're trying to understand if something really happens, um you need people to do that right you need, you need someone to do that to look into the code to audit this and it becomes even harder because now you got multi-layered people behavior problem like this can people get to be affected by capital influence money ideology anything uh, well, and it's a position it's a position that basically if you if you give this power to the people it can be well can be dominated in a governing body by one person or like the two organizations or something like this and it can be used to a huge advantage of the people who control it so it's a very interesting uh, it's like a direct way of exchange between um, your security in a tyrannical sense like the security of your democracy because you know you're just opening up a, a new power source for the person who dominates this position in, in the system and 
I know this is this is one of our eternal questions here, but uh, yes, we uh, we would like to hear some comments or uh, questions since nobody is uh, typing one or two here. <laughs> so uh, actually, let, let's clarify. Uh, type one in the in our chat um, if you feel that. Uh, it should kind of be hard-coded, you know, where there's no reversal. And two, if uh, we should allow a way to whitelist the blacklisted. Okay, we have uh, a couple twos. And uh, there's no good option. Oh, it's interesting. Have, I can explain like it if you yeah, want go more ahead. details. I mean, in general, yes, the if system is broken and someone gets blacklisted, that's bad, and it should be reverted. But when you open a way to revert it, then it also op you open it to the people, and there's always a way to corrupt it. Thank you. And, uh... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So the, the basically the the search for balance is key. <sighs> So while but, we're here, but, um, let's uh, open the floor just just for one or two questions. If anybody has any questions or comments, uh, now is your chance. And if not, Dato, please continue. <laughs> but in our first iteration, uh, although this is an ongoing debate, um, of course we have um, um, think of a way to uh, unlike whitelist the blacklisted. It's um, basically going to happen through proposal batches of the uh, governors, uh, the people who will participate in um, the governing can be able to um, propose uh, whitelists, uh, you know, procedures and if thou votes uh, with absolute majority for it, uh, the batches will be whitelisted. So this is our like initial approach, but um, the approach to biometric selection is is a like an ongoing research. There's like um, very little da data about it. So um, before creating a proper uh, approach for a decentralized system, there's a lot of research to be done. And um, I mean, um, I, I'm wondering if you guys, um, you know, have uh, thought of some ideas about the biometric slashing approach. And maybe you've been able to uh, identify some middle ground between the ideas that we've been discussing. I'm just wondering, maybe um, some of you have any ideas, please share. Well, I can always uh, go through the random pointing of fing uh, fingers. And let's see. Uh, Silas, would you like to uh, comment here? Yeah, I'm uh, So, uh, missed a bunch of meetings, so glad to be back, the possibility to talk to you all. And uh, if I remember correctly, we already discussed a bit uh, with the situation of voting and how to, how do we see the, um, how do people from the side would like to see the 
procedure of unbanning or something like that. And I'm still sticking to the things that if a person got banned and for he or he, etc., can provide evidence or that it was not him to write this list, uh, uh, he should be unbanned. And I remember about the thing that we, uh, that you guys talked uh about the voting of unbanning someone and etc but then again that's a place where a populistic act could be done yeah a person can manipulate everybody to get unbanned so i still don't have any uh good thoughts on how it could be (laughs) complicated and i assume that you guys are also in a big struggle with finding the uh golden middle something like yeah, that because this is this is like um this is not a technological problem this is uh, a problem from political science yeah they're like basic social engineering will play a role around here and that's all but how do you how do you see the procedure itself like do you also see it through absolute majority voting and or um you know the vote of the masses or the vote of the some professionals that have you know uh, uh, specific rights or trust yeah, yeah. that's the, the, I know. the also the difference the the thing i would like it to be some kind of a conciliation voting because like mm, well from the persons who have authority like but again it looks like a building a political structure <laughs> that is just not uh, the way it should look because if we have some a part of a majority of like assuming from Two thousands of humanoids will have like one hundred uh, selected people that will be selected by voting of all the other vote humanoids, and their votes will be more powerful. You cannot clarify that those people will not change uh, reality inside the one hundred. So it's a difficult question. I, I don't know. Just if it will be a global voting. Um, well, we, we can actually talk in, in exact numbers because uh, for main network planning to amass only thousand nodes and um, grow from there. So the version one um, will include a thousand people. Uh, mm-hmm. Okay, then, uh, yeah, like, I think that if a person got to, like, probably let's see 100 votes from a human node, then it could be proposed to have some more majority right in this system like you already uh, several meetings ago told that with time you will not get um, some kind of extra bonuses but you get some kind of a uh, loyalty or how to say it's proof uh, devotion yeah. yeah yeah so you get a bit of more uh people will know you more like the things in the community, you do something, you propose, you overweight something, mm-hmm. you like rise in that. So at least you will be uh, a known person in the community. Yeah. So mm-hmm. maybe then you can propose yourself as part of, let's call it some kind of a console. Yeah. I don't know. And if the people vote for you, then probably yes. But I think that. Uh, that should be uh, a strict system of taking back uh, back that um, 
that ma major vote from that person that you could push the button and take it out because you never know when somebody could struggle with the system like not once per three months but except something like one per once because you know karma is a specific thing one person yeah. looks like a cent for a month and then in one day he changes to another side something yeah. like that yeah but you know this is um this is a ticking bomb problem right and mm -hmm. well at least we know who that person is biometrically <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Because in right now we don't even know who those nodes are and how many real people are standing behind them. Well, not that's about our network, but other networks, I mean. Mm -hmm. But that's like basically the only thought that I have around is uh, probably should be rare, uh, how to say, more aligned to the structure of the system. So you will see how it fits the best. Because like uh, uh, thousands of nodes, that's okay. But uh, inside, you also could have some separation system and uh, go with that and see how it works. Maybe if, when, not if, if I remember correctly, we'll have still a sec an next iteration of test network. And if you have yeah. a thought, that would be a great, from my point of view, it would be great to test out also the voting system and the correlation system if we go with some kind of a console see at least how it would work with those people who we have now yeah it would be not that manipulative because like nobody should yet have some kind of a word i don't know like the bonus of the testnet it's not that big as a bonus in the the future of the voting voting when the system mm -hmm. goes live so here we at least can see how it works how the how the people are voting how at least it can be collided with the activity of a person in the community or maybe we'll have like selected 10 people who never were active in the ending system so see how it at least goes for me that problem is like it's waiting a lot, so it should be at least some time to be tested out to see how the human nodes are active in social and political and uh, voting stuff. Actually, our, our, some, some members of our dev team are already running uh, uh, mm -hmm. human node organizations on Aragon, the very simple ones. Uh, yeah, because so we, we're working with them to uh, test out building uh, you know DAOs that have uh, civil mm -hmm. resistant gov gov governing systems and uh, well, you know uh, one of the purpose of, of the technology that we're building is to give the ability to other networks proof work and proof stake networks to add another civil resistant uh, layer to uh, their defenses so it's like a hybrid between proof you know your existence and uniqueness and you know proof work is you know better than uh, without uh, proof work or you know without proof of existence so the hybrid should be even like uh, better defense um and uh, yeah um, we're already doing that so we're actually going to build to the vortex structure it's 
as it is laid out in the white paper. So um, initially, of course, we, we uh, have the system that uh, um, basically calculates the time one has been running and the amount of proposals and voting okay. has he has uh, created. Uh, yeah, sorry for interrupting. I have a question. It was uh, in my head for a long time because, but I forgot to ask it previously. Sure. Yeah, I know that the white paper says like what ninety-two percent or ninety-one percent of activity time here uh, from a node to be like one of the characteristic to be a validator here, right? something like that. I don't remember the correct one or two. Uh, how is it calculated? This, uh, I mean, calculation by time. Is it daily calculated, weekly, monthly, or how it goes? Because what time are you referring to? Yeah, there's a time. Uh, there was maybe not in the white paper. Maybe some other said that uh, uh, to be yeah, there's, an active validator. You should have There's online like, of the node time. You know, you mean uptime? Yeah, uptime. Yeah, the uptime, like ninety-two percent mm. or something like that. And there was nothing said about the calculation because, like, what was interesting for me, like, if it calculated mm. by day, <laughs> it's a bit uh, aggressive because, like, maybe something happens and you go out from the system, and like eight percent of the day, it's a very small time to fix a server or if it's a hardware server or something like that local that's the that's the thing that's the thing and you know all the post runners face it as well you think you see that the necessities are uh, determined by the data that is conveyed around through the network and adding to um, um the you know uh, the biometric layer is a very heavy, so to speak. Actually, uh, because of, of the issues with the limitations of trust com computation environment, it wasn't even really possible to pro put proper uh, biometric server SDK into a trusted you know, environment and you know, have it running because um, the size of the SDK was always much bigger than the trusted environment. And uh, mm -hmm. these limitations, so like, uh, we're gone only like one year and a half ago. There was like a new test and new breakthroughs in the field. So we got like ice lake, like Intel SGX ice lakes, like not so long ago. It was like boy, four months, five months, uh, people shipped them. And I mean, um, you know, it, it's really a lot of data going back and forth because this is, neural network process the biometric template and to make also like there's like search and matching separately where we match the template against one template in uh, the server and the other part is where we determine whether you're alive or not and liveness detection data can be huge because it's like 70 computer vision models working simultaneously trying to understand whether uh, light perfectly bends on your skin or uh, like a lot of different uh, physical and even biochemical processes that it's trying to uh, capture. And you have to compress this data, encrypt it, and uh, convey it through the gossip layer between the nodes. So yeah, the time is required to be 
at a very high level. Well, you're actually blacklisted if you're out, you know, you have, you have time downtime for 48 hours or if we're even thinking about making it 72 hours. So. Okay. So it's just cumulative. If you like started a note yeah. and turned it out and for 70 hours and whoop, go out. Okay. Thanks. Because, That's yeah. Because that it's good. not going, it's, it's not being, going to be as a big hassle as uh, you know, identifying yourself with the test net for like three days uh, straight. So like you'll be doing your biometric, uh, you know, uh, uh, not more. And it's basically you watching that your node has proper uptime on the background. That's what really going to matter. So yeah, yeah that answers your question. Yeah, 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 really. Yeah, thanks. That was uh, a bit hard to figure out only by the hours, you know, uh, by the percentage. So yeah, that's answers fully. And actually, actually, we were also thinking about adding the hybrid uh, biometric system, not only uh, looking out the biometric template, but but also utilizing the. Um, Slashing system of the proof work networks to blacklist the equipment that was involved. And, you know, uh, it makes the life of uh, malicious actors and wannabe perpetrators much harder. Yeah, that would be great. Like, as much as possible. Yeah, one of our, like, uh, one of our first uh, uh, partners, Akon, or, um, is going to utilize their own biometric slashing, right? Based on uh, humanoid uh, bioft schemes, basically. And uh, they're going to choose themselves um, how they're going to slash their uh, like malicious actors. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, they will definitely know if this person tried to register once more and they will just not allow him to create double accounts to try and do some fraudulent activity online again. And I mean, it really changes your perspective about the service itself when you're engaging, you know, in such a civil resistant environment. Okay, so we have about uh, five more minutes here. We have time for uh, one or two more questions. Um, is there any other questions from our listeners today? Feel free to raise your hand. Hello? Mm, no questions, Sean. They, okay. They just listen and understand everything <laughs> perfectly. That's our community. Yeah. They don't need questions. <laughs> don't speak for everyone, but you know. Yeah. Time happens, you have uh, sometimes quite questions arrive and after a few days after the calls. So, yeah, mm. they can always use the chat. Sure. Um, and the last thing, but you know, not listing about biometric slashing is um, the privacy of the person that you're slashing. And, uh, um, you know, it's a very big concern because. It would be better for the would it be better for the community to know the identity of the 
person that has done the perpetration or we make it so that um, you know the perpetrator is penalized but his identity remains um like private and that is like another question that i wanted to ask you today so what do you think is the better approach if we find out that this malicious person uh you know is doing some bad things we make his identity public or we should be remained private but he still is penalized and you know i wanted to hear your opinions about this well only i am speaking today from the side of the community mm -hmm. uh, so i would say if they ban him and ban him for good we still should have like loyalty to his personal data we are not like uh, planning to shame him out or something like that why to disclose it i think a person will be banned and uh, after that the system was made should be made in that way that he would not have a possibility to enroll again with the same biometrics so nobody will know yeah yeah but i'll add to it basically um governments and everyone of the you know have this systems that contain biometric data about people and if someone has done perpetration somewhere uh they their identity goes into world back of identities and you know, people can learn who you are and where you've been or what you're doing, stuff uh -huh. like this. No, easy, easy peasy. So if there was a malicious actor on your platform, you caught him, you can, you know, you can uh, warn other systems that haven't caught him yet. So you use your biometric, no, not you, but uh, some bad guy uses his uh, biometric to do something bad on one marketplace, his biometric template goes to blacklist that is seen by other services and networks. Mm -hmm. They all blacklist him and they're safeguarded from his existence. Yeah, <laughs> that sounds really creepy. But, you know, it, um, isn't it better when you warn people or we just maintain his privacy so he can go and be a malicious actor somewhere else, but not here? That is like a very good question. Well, it can always be, you know, listed based based on severity, right? You know, if you're just saying that um, this person's downtime was, you know, over 20% and therefore he was blacklisted for 14 days, you don't necessarily need to uh, post the... Um, the biometric hash but let's say if this person was trying to rob millions of dollars or uh, caught trying to hack the system then you know it, it's kind of like yeah uh you might as well uh make the at least the biometric hash uh well known yeah it's kind of like you know uh crimes in the real world you don't necessarily get your identity uh, exposed for stealing a candy bar, but if you steal uh, $10 million, the world knows of you. Okay. Okay. 
So yeah, from that point of uh, that sounds much more better. I thought that we will disclose it like for the community, not for the uh, integrated cross uh, systems that will use uh, the same approach of the metric identification. So yeah, for that, it sounds reasonable to prevent the malicious act in other systems. I mean, even if we don't have like some honeypot that uh, put together biometric templates is and is integrated into other systems just by making biometric template public other people can just you know take it and use it and check check through it that's yeah, it we can make a, some kind of a blackboard you know that is that sounds reasonable uh, yeah well that is maybe it should maybe accept, uh, accessible only for persons like you know uh, if we have like tens of systems that are integrated with the symbiometric uh, system and on the uh, administration level of those systems, they can access to some kind of a board with that black listed data. Maybe that would be a bit better to better. Not, like hang it publicly for everybody, but just for the persons that can be involved, uh, not involved. Uh, that are working or administrating the systems with this uh, with the biometric identifications that could be also used by that bad, bad person. Yep, it can. <laughs> okay, thank you, guys. Uh, I need to go, so thank you for the thank you for the yeah, yeah, thanks for being here. So, uh, that I think. You're almost at the one hour mark. It's uh, time it's to wrap it up. Yeah. So, yeah, thanks uh, very much for being here. Uh, always a pleasure talking with you around. And I, I wish you, you guys would, you know, express your opinions more. Uh, really interested to think um, and understand what you're thinking about the whole idea of uh, biometric selection and human organs as a whole. Thank you very much. And, uh, I'd like to second uh, Dato there. I love it when uh, members of the community come up and talk and ask questions. And um, yeah, feel free to uh, speak up more. And um, it will help us uh, learn more and be able to bounce ideas around more. It's always uh, good to bounce thoughts and ideas against new walls. So. Great, thank you. Uh, once again, we'll be back in two weeks. And um, yeah, see you next time.